Hey guys, welcome back to the Greenwood First Student Podcast. I know it's been a while since we've been on here, uh, but we've decided to get this thing fired back up for those who are still unable to join with us, and even some of those who have gone off to college. Uh, so we're going to be doing this weekly again as we go through our Wednesday night studies together. If you have a Bible with you, go ahead and open up to 1 Timothy chapter 3. That's where we're going to be starting uh, this, this new podcast back up. If you uh, haven't been able to join us on Wednesday nights, we've been talking through this letter of 1 Timothy. It was written by the Apostle Paul to this young pastor, Timothy, helping him to understand how to lead the church and how to be the church there in Ephesus. The last couple of weeks, we've talked about specific roles that have been a part of this instruction for men and for women in the church. And, And then last week, we looked at specific roles for pastor and elders and deacons in the church and what those qualifications look like. Today, in uh, chapter 3, starting in verse 14, we're going to look at what it means to be the church, specifically what is the church. And it's kind of a a quick session, but uh, I want us to really hold on to the truth of some of the things that we see in here and help it to maybe open our minds or reopen our minds to the truth of what the church is, who the church is, and what its function is. So I'm going to start in verse 14 and read through the end of the chapter. Uh, Follow along with me if you have your Bible. Paul says this in verse 14. He says, I write these things to you, hoping to come to you soon. But if I should be delayed, I have written so that you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's house, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of truth. And most certainly the mystery of godliness is great. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated in the Spirit, seen by angels, preached amongst the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. And so when we see these verses, we see this instruction from Paul, the first thing we recognize is that Paul is saying he was writing these things hoping to come to him soon. He was writing this so that Timothy could have it, but he was still hoping to be there soon to help explain and follow through with the instructions that he has written because there's some difficult things in here. Uh, But we see in verse 15, he says, But if I should be delayed, I have written so that you will know how the people ought to conduct themselves in God's household. And that's important. It's important for us to understand. So what we're going to be looking at mainly uh, today on this podcast is, is what it means and the reason for us to know how we are to conduct ourselves. And he, he mentions the church and God's household. And he says, which is the church of the living God? So he first references the church of the living God as a household. And that, that's an important thing for us to understand. I know we've, if you've grown up in church, you know that we say things which are true, like the church isn't a building, but it's the body of believers. But even more than that, the church is, is God's household. And, and so... When we think about household, we have to look at this in, in the context in which it was written. It was written in this early period, and the household was different than what we may think of now. Now when we think of household, we may think of mom, dad, siblings, and that's our household. But for them, household was, was much larger. It was the, the oldest living member of the family, the patriarch of the family, and then, and then their descendants and that extended family all belonged to one household. They may not all live together, but they were referenced as all of one household. And that's the way the body of Christ is. There's order in the household, in, in the church, and that's why we see these qualifications for leaders and pastors and elders and deacons in the church. 
And then there's specific roles for people in the church and how they should live out. But here specifically, he says that it's important for us to know our conduct inside the household. Our God is a God of order, not a God of chaos. We see all through Scripture that everything has been ordained and put in place by God in an orderly fashion. And the church should reflect God by reflecting that order. And the conduct of the church is important because the church's conduct is also the church's testimony to the world around them. And if we're a church with with no uh, no discipline, we're a church with no function through the process of organization, then it's just this this mass of chaos, and, and it doesn't represent who God is. God is a foreplanning God. He he puts things in order. He places plans in order. And so we should conduct ourselves in the same manner to show the God that we serve. I love that he says that it's the household. And kind of going back to that, I think we need to remember as members of the household, we should treat each other as family. The church is family. We've been born again into the kingdom of God, into the household of God. And that is why we refer to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And sometimes I think that gets lost in just normal conversation because we've grown up in church and we've heard brothers and sisters so often that we don't really treat it like that. But as Christians, we are family. And here's why that's important. When you think about family, if you think about your parents or your siblings, you think about family in that way, you know there's some things that are, that are deep-rooted that are different at the core. So if you have a sibling, and, and maybe that sibling at times is really annoying to you, and you just can't get past some of their personality traits that just really bug you, and you may call them on that, you may talk to them and tell them, I mean, you, you annoy me so bad. Or maybe you tell your friends, like my, my little brother, my little sister, whomever it is, they, they drive me crazy. They're so annoying. But if a friend is to tell you, hey, your little brother, your little sister, and they are so annoying, there's something in us that says, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I can talk about my family, but you can't talk about my family. That's my family. Because at the core of all of it, there's this understanding that even though they get on your nerves and even though they may frustrate you at times and annoy you at times or or you may disagree with them on certain things, there's this core understanding that you are family and there is love there because you're family. That's the way the church should operate. There's going to be people in the church that you're not always going to agree with. There's going to be people in the church that you don't always uh, understand why they, they do things the way that they do, and it may get on your nerves, it may annoy you, but there needs to be, at the core of all things, a love for one another the way we love family. And so when we hear others talking about our brothers or sisters in Christ, we should have that same desire to stand in for them on their behalf. We should have that same desire to keep their name respected and, and known uh, well in our circle of friends and know that, that even though we may not be uh, friends who spend a lot of time together, I'm not saying that the church has to be best friends with everybody in the church, but what I am saying is, is at the core of it, we need to defend each other, we need to stand for each other, we need to love each other in a way that the world would recognize that something's different about the way that we see each other inside the church. Now, we're to love all people, but it's, but it's commanded differently for us to love one another. I think that gets overlooked a lot inside of the church. But we are a household, and that's the way Paul describes the church. 
He also describes the church as the pillar and the foundation of truth. And so the church is to be the foundation of truth for the people who follow Christ. The church, the body of believers, their interaction together, their worship together, their understanding of Scripture, that is, that is the truth. And that's what it has to be built on. It has to be built on the truth, which is the Word of God. And again, the Word of God tells us to love one another, to serve one another, to think of others as greater than ourselves inside the church, to, to be humble and submissive to each other because of our love for one another. That's what, the, that's what the Word tells us. And that has to be the foundation of our truth. And if we live a life that we say we believe in Scripture as the truth, but our life doesn't reflect it at all, then our testimony is, is tainted a little bit. Because we say we believe one thing, but we live the total opposite. It's this hypocritical lifestyle of not living what we say. And that's what the world would look at us and say, why would we believe what you believe when you don't even truly believe it because you don't live it out? I know it seems simple, but it's a very difficult thing for us to understand how to live that out. It's important for us to understand that the world is watching the church and that if we can learn to love each other the way that Christ loved us, the world will recognize that love within us. And it will, it will cause them to see us differently. But as long as we look just like the world, then there's, there's no real reason for anyone who is lost to desire to know about the church because the church is, is not living up to what it says. So let's think of each other as a household. Let's think of each other as brothers and sisters and, and not just in a sense of some religious vernacular, but an actual practice. Let's love each other like brothers and sisters. Let's care for each other as brothers and sisters inside the church. That should be the conduct of the people of the church. Unfortunately, the conduct of the people of the church doesn't always reflect that. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying this is easy. Please understand that relationships inside and outside of the church with broken people inside and outside the church are one of the most difficult things to develop and to have inside the Christian life. Because the flesh that's within us, it always wants its way. And the flesh within other believers always wants its way. And so we're constantly battling the flesh to try to live unified in the Spirit. But let me, let me help you understand this. If we are living in the Spirit, and other believers in the church are living by the Spirit, that is the same Spirit. And that spirit will bring about unity, regardless of our preferences or our thoughts about uh, way people should, should do certain things or the little things about people that annoy us. We're able to get past those things because we're unified by the spirit. And that should be an encouragement to us, that we can look to the spirit to be the one who lead us and guide us, who can give us the conduct that we should have so that we can love each other appropriately and even greater than that, that we can show the world around us a God who is a God of love and grace and mercy by the way that we care for and serve each other. So as Paul is encouraging Timothy, saying, I write to you these things, not so that you can place this order and build yourself up, but so that everyone knows the role of themselves inside of the church, the order of the church, because the church itself and its conduct is the testimony to the world around it about the God that they serve. So as members of the church, as born-again believers of Jesus Christ, I hope we can understand that our conduct inside of the body of believers and how we interact with each other 
That matters. It matters in our fellowship with each other. It matters in our fellowship with the Lord. And it matters in our testimony to the world around us. So let's ask God, let's pray to God and ask Him to help us to see with His eyes the relationships between ourselves and other people inside the church so that the world around us might recognize His goodness and His glory. We'll be back next week where we'll get into chapter 4 where Paul is instructing Timothy specific things about how he is to live even though he's young. This is a great lesson for, for students to hear because it's such an encouragement to them. So I hope you'll join next week on the podcast. Until then, I hope you guys have a great week. And may God bless you and keep you in all that you do.